This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Wednesday, March 22nd. Talking Nets. The Never Know Nets lose four in a row, and maybe you could have predicted that, but probably couldn't have predicted how we've lost these games. This is like a state of the union right now, and we're just coming together, obviously, because we need to pod this week, and we need to talk about what we're seeing and what's going on. It's not a traditional episode. This will be quick. Go ahead and hit the music, Alex. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 202, as we proceed to give you what you need. A podcast for Nets fans, by Nets fans, talking about your Brooklyn Nets. Now, I understand it's not fun to lose. I understand it's super frustrating when you're looking at the standings. I understand that these guys have been together now for a few weeks and they've given us some good moments. They've given us some really high of highs and some low of lows. But that's why I call them the never know Nets. You never know with this group. You didn't know with the last group. But all in all, this team is the sixth seed in the East. They could be a playoff team, might end up a playing team. And I know I've been someone that said, stop looking into the offseason and next season and focus on this season. But I understand why people are already over this season and looking for next season where you can add some pieces and this team can be a real contender. Uh, we'll go around the horn. Keep McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn joining you on this Wednesday this will probably be the only time we pod this week. The Nets have lost four in a row. They lost yesterday to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some familiar faces coming back to the Barclays Center. They lost to the Nuggets on Sunday. A couple Denver Nug Nets, former Nets coming back to the Barclays Center. They lost to the Kings last Thursday, and they lost to the Thunder last Tuesday. And I think we recorded after the Thunder loss, so... We've got three losses out of this four-game losing streak to talk about, but I don't want to break down individual losses. I'd rather just kind of get everybody's thoughts and feelings on what they've seen the last three games, what they think needs to change moving forward, and uh, where we feel this team is headed as we've had, we have like 10 games left or something like that. What's up, Robin? Well, first of all, I'm wearing a jersey that's a little too tight because it's old. And, you know, I need to drop like five pounds, you know, for, for spring coming up. But can you guess the, the jersey? 
That's the whole jersey. I was about to say, yeah. didn't you say you had the whole jersey and you yeah. were looking for it? I got it dry cleaned. It had all these stains on it, and I was worried because it's. I guess they did one of a hundred for each night. This says one of a hundred on it, but I, um, I I took it to the dry cleaner and they got the stains out. So I'm rocking that, and I got the the hat, which I like. Yeah, um, that's fire. So- I'm not, I don't have any Nets gear on today. Now you're, you're flexing on me. I'm not in a dumpster. Like I, I, We've done this cycle. I don't know how many times where people are like, you know, go, yay, or this is the worst. Fire Joe Sy, fire the owner, um, and, and what have you. And, and look, yeah, it sucks to lose. You're right. It sucks to lose. But I, I think you can both simultaneously still enjoy the rest of the season and look towards the offseason and what this team could be. I mean, those two things can exist simultaneously. The, the games that the Nets have lost, they were the underdog in every single one. I mean, you have to go back to the Thunder game. That's the game that probably hurts the most in this just because they had a lead in that game and and they wound up losing it. But Oklahoma City, I think, is the seventh seed in the in the, the West right now. Not a scrub team. They're playing pretty well. And then you, you looked at the schedule and you knew this was going to be the rough patch in the schedule. Unfortunately, you know, the, the Nets have not played very well during the stretch. I think there is... One main culprit to that, the three-point shooting, more than anything else. I mean, this is a team that really is devoid of guys who can just go get a bucket, and they are dependent on three-point shooting. And the three-point shooters are not hitting. So you're going to be in trouble when that's the case. Same thing goes, you know, Mikel Bridges' shooting has uh, gone down a little bit the last two games. He was 0 of 8 from three last night. They're not going to survive many games where that's the case. I mean, I think there are little tweaks and changes they could try. I don't know if Dorian Finney-Smith has earned the, the minutes that he's necessarily getting game in and game out. Maybe you try Royce O'Neal, who's been better in that role. I would try Edmund Sumner um, a little bit more, you know, maybe in lieu of, of Seth Curry uh, for a little defensive presence. Um, uh, somebody who can actually get to the rim a little bit, tries to get to the rim uh, a little bit. But I, I think we'll see over this, this next two-game stretch because they got the Cavs again. Um, and, and, you know, Cleveland, will have, I'm, I'm guessing they're staying in New York over that time. So they, they come in, probably have to hang out in New York for a couple days. Maybe you can catch Cleveland. And then you got the game against the Heat. The, these Heat-New York games are going to be massive. The, the Heat play the Knicks tonight. The Heat play the, the Knicks again, I believe, later this week. And the Heat play the Nets. So that will probably determine six and uh, five, six, and seven, really, if you think about it, five, six, and seven. Um, but, you know, it's not the end of the world, um, one, because this team is not built to win it all this year, and, and we will look toward the offseason. But two, the Nets have the second easiest schedule in the NBA the, the rest of the year. So I, I think, you know, I could almost look into a crystal ball and fast forward to a future episode where instead of all the commenters going, oh, this is the worst, my eyes are bleeding, they're going, oh, who knew the Nets could do this after they, you know, wind up beating the Rockets and, and whomever. Yeah, and you can also look back, Robin, to two episodes ago when the Nets pulled out of their road trip and were in an absolutely amazing spot. Everybody was flying high. Joe Sy is the best owner. Let's all we need is Trey Young and we'll be perfect. It's it's the reality of being a sports fan, not even just an NBA fan, but a sports fan today where everything, especially with how like you know, hyper filled the world is with content. The reality is that everyone is going to be able to share their takes and is going to be bombarded with different emotional takes from different sources that are reactionary and reactionary, not only to the good times, but also to the bad times. And when you are a team like the Nets, which is not a team, not anymore, that 
is going to be favored in every game. The past four years, if we had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor at the same time, unless you're playing another top team in the NBA, and that's a top, top team, we were probably favored by a couple of points, five or six points. And the reality of this team now is that those spreads are going to be closer. We're either going to be one or two point dogs or one or two point favorites. And when you are those things, and if you are assuming that those odds are realistically put together, you are looking at coin flip odds of winning every game. And anyone who's ever taken a basic probability class knows that flipping a coin eight times in a row theoretically is going to lead to a, you know, four and four, four going each way, but could lead to stretches of, of, of all in one direction, all losses and all wins. And the reality of this Nets team is if they're not hitting their three-point shots, which right now they are not, they have, there has been some serious three-point regression by a lot of the players uh, that have come here from the trade, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Cam Johnson, uh, Doran Finney-Smith, all of those guys have seen three-point re- regressions. We are not going to be able to win all of those coin flip games because as March Madness shows us every year, the reason that any NBA team or any basketball team in the world is able to win any game is because of three-point shooting. And if we're not hitting those shots, we're certainly not going to be able to fight against the best teams in the league. And we may lose those games against teams that are closer to our level. But at the end of the day, when we are looking forward, whether that is to the offseason or to now, the next step for this Nets team is to continue seeing what we have on this roster. And what we have on this roster is going to show us what they can do both now in the playoffs and into the future over the course of these next couple of games, because there is going to be a gut check. There is going to be a reality check after a four game skid and fighting back against teams. One that we're better than and two that we are close to in the standings is going to be absolutely important, but there is certainly no reason to look at this stretch and say, Oh, flunk out tank out there's no reason to play the rest of the season at the end of the day that's just echo chamber reactionary nonsense well i think if you look at the schedule too it's likely the nets will be favored in like seven games in a row after the next two games <laughs> you know so that that's what i was saying before i, I keep i think we, you said we had the schedule you, yeah you know, i yeah. just said to alex throw yeah. it up okay so i mean this is important and i know you guys want to look ahead to the off season. i know you guys want to tank like i'm just looking at the comments on YouTube right now, uh, you know, some people are saying, hey, miss the playoffs. Some people are already, you know, talking about who to draft or, um, you know, who to add to this team. Hudson made the joke about Trey Young. But listen, this is the last stretch here. This is the last five, ten or yeah, ten games. Um, they have the Cavs again tomorrow. And I would hope that the Cavs have a wonderful time in New York City today yeah. and tonight. It's a little warmer out. Um, guys like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen going back to their old stomping grounds. Donovan Mitchell is from the area. I hope he has a blast. And maybe the Nets can steal one from the Cavs tomorrow. Then Saturday, they go down to Miami, party in the city where the heat is on. World Baseball Classic is over, but the Nets are coming to town. And the Heat are battling. They're only a half game behind us. That's a big matchup right there. That's for respect. That's for the standings. And uh, the Nets own the season series against them. From Miami to Orlando, staying in Florida, the Nets absolutely can and should beat the Magic. Then they'll come home to host the Rockets. They absolutely can and should beat the Houston Rockets. Then you've got the Atlanta Hawks, who are jockeying for a position, but most likely going to be a play-in team. Should be able to beat them. Who knows? Um, but this stretch of home games coming up, you, you've got four in a row, where it's Rockets, Hawks, uh, the Jazz, they should be able to beat Timberwolves, I think they can beat, too. They went and beat them, and Minnesota took overtime. I bet Ant-Man is ready to go. Anthony Edwards 
by April 4th, but who knows? And then the Pistons, the Magic, and with the 76ers, you know, that could be the team we face in the first round. That's the last game on April 9th. There are some winnable games, and I think that the Nets can control their own destiny some. Robin alluded to the fact that they were not favored. If you're a gambling man and you look at the spreads and the odds, honestly, I was betting against them. Um, the only mistakes that I made in betting against the Nets was expecting like Mikael Bridges to be an automatic 25, 30 uh, points to hit threes. And yeah, they're struggling to knock down threes before they were struggling to rebound. When you watch that Kings game with Zabonis and then you watch the Nuggets game uh, with, with Jokic, like they're not going to be able to rebound with these guys. We haven't won a game since we let go of Nerlens Noel. And <laughs> they brought in Moses Brown. And there's a clear weakness there. Shout out to Dayron Sharp last night getting to play 20 minutes and put up 20 points. I think I'd rather see that young man get the opportunity the rest of the way because like Hudson was saying, this is a tryout. This is these guys putting um, film together to be on this team next year to stay here. And I think as fans, we got to kind of taper our expectations. We got to kind of just like get back to reality. This team was blown up. And when it was Katie and Kyrie and all the nonsense with – them being out of the, the lineup for injury or Kyrie being out from suspension or vaccine mandates. Everybody wanted to talk about chemistry and will they have enough time to gel? And they never did. This team is trying to find their chemistry, trying to gel, trying to figure out who is who and what is what in this last stretch. And I saw someone in the chat say like, no way they can beat Boston or Philly or whoever in a series. No shit, Milwaukee. We're not expecting them to go and win a series. We're not expecting them to get out of the first round. I have set the bar where? I've been saying this on WFAN. I've been saying this on Talking Nets. The bar for me that I'd like to see these guys get to, it's not set that high. It's set from last year's team with Katie and Kyrie. I just want to see these guys hold that six seed. Get that six seed. Hold that six seed and be a playoff team and not have to enter the play-in tournament. Win one game. If you get the gentleman sweep by Philly, I'm cool with it. That's what we did in 2018, 2019. It's okay, Nets World. Hold on. Danny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> right among you, you got it. Danny V writes, guys, I, I know Cam doesn't play that much defense, but we're going through stretches of no offense. Why is he not in? Look, I was beating that drum before, but Cam's kind of had some opportunities and hasn't come through. So at, at this point, I'm on the Edmund Sumner train for that role more than anybody else. I, I feel like he's the one that's brought the most consistent energy, the most consistent defense, and, and the straight line driving. Because if, if you look at some of the, the glaring flaws on this Nets team, um, obviously, like I said, they don't have too many guys that can go get a bucket, and that's not Sumner. He, he's not a good enough finisher around the rack. But they really don't have too many straight-line drivers just in general. Spencer Dinwiddie's probably the only other guy. So Sumner could fill that role. They also struggle against point-of-attack players, and Sumner can can get in there. So I, I, I'd actually kind of want to see him. Look, I, I was hopeful for Cam, but he just hasn't played that well. And, and when we talk about the schedule and everything, don't get, don't get me wrong, the Nets can lose to any of those teams, right? The, the Magic are playing well. They, they're not good enough to just chalk up a win. But they, they could also go on a nice run 
where, where they get things clicking and the, the three-point shooting flips in the other direction. Because all these guys are shooting below their percentages and they're getting good shots. You know, they had really good shots in some of these games that they just didn't hit. So you, you need some of them to hit the shots. At the same time, of course, we all, you know, you, you see Damian Lillard's comments the other day and you go, hmm, you know, because <laughs> somebody like that, a dynamic guard is exactly what this team needs and, and this franchise needs. But they, they have the pieces to, to swing something in the summer. The, the draft is in play for the first time in a long time. And as much as I, I get, you know, where they were, we, we've, we've had this conversation before. I, I, the analogy I use is they were a plane, right? That was at a higher altitude than this current plane. But it was one that was certainly going down. Whether it was going to go down um, when it went down at the trade deadline or this spring or this summer or last summer, that plane was going down. This plane is at a lower altitude than the previous plane, but it is on the way up. We'll see how fast it can be on the way up, but you've now, you know, you've already gotten through the crash aspect of the, the plane. So they're, they're in a position to retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it on the fly. I think, I think they have three first round picks this year. They can trade up to five first round picks this summer. Uh, Bridges has been what he's been. You got to make the decision on Cam Johnson, who is, is up as a restricted free agent. But it still is a team that just got thrown together. It still is a team that doesn't know its exact identity. And it's a team that's simply just not as good as the teams they've been playing. So I don't know how much, you know, that's about it being a disaster and and everything falling apart as, you know, the ebbs and flows of the schedule. We've also seen an offense frankly, and I know we're losing and we're having cold stretches, all that stuff. We're seeing an offensive scheme and an offensive concept from Jacques Vaughn that is working. The Nets, the, the Nets are losing, if you want to put it down to one thing, because of rebounding, which at the end of the day, we're not as big as the teams that we've been playing. We're frankly not as big most of the teams in the NBA, so we can't technically really control that. But we're losing because we're missing open three-pointers, wide open three-pointers, frankly. And while that is terrible, it's not very fun to watch. You expect someone who is theoretically a close to a 50% three-point shooter to hit close to half of his threes, right? But we're getting open threes. And that means that the offense is working. And so while the Nets do have a lot of needs, this kind of, to me, looks like something that we can project out to kind of regress to the mean, which for all of these players on the Nets, their mean is hitting 41, 42% of the threes, particularly of the players that have not been hitting them, right? So at the end of the day, there is no reason why any of these games couldn't have gone in the other direction. And if we have a team that is playing up to the potential, not only of the players we have on the roster, but of the offense that Jacques Vaughn is running and has created, we're going to see improvements because hitting wide open three-point shots is something that we should be doing better than we have been and will do better than we have been. And we have seen that already with this team over stretches. We're just in a stretch where those shots don't happen to be falling, which at the end of the day isn't a player issue. It's not a coaching issue. It's not anything. We saw these kinds of stretches from Kyrie Irving, from Kevin Durant. It just kind of happens. So at this point, I think we just have to tough through it. And that's not very fun. Nobody wants to hear that. But I think that's just where we're at. And and I forgot to mention the the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving stuff. Um, Wait, wait, wait. We're not allowed to talk about those guys anymore. That's all these guys talk about. That's such a strange. That's such a strange arc of, of, but, of things. But what we've are seen they doing Twitter. right now that like makes it so? T- that's the other thing. It, it'd be one thing if 
the Mavs were on fire and the Suns were on fire. And KD could still get healthy. The Suns could still win the championship. I'm not saying that can't happen. That can absolutely happen. But KD has played like three games for the Suns and still isn't back on the floor. The Suns have lost, uh, you know, they're five and five in their last 10 games. And they're, you know, falling in the standings a, a bit. Meanwhile, the Mavericks are four and six in their last 10 games, have not played good basketball since Kyrie has been there. They're in the play-in tournament. So it would be one thing if those guys were thriving and the Nets were sucking. But it, it really, at this point, is about the Nets kind of being like, all right, well, hopefully they play well and their future could be better. And at the same time, we haven't seen much from these other guys. So that's the part of it I don't understand when fans get so upset. The, Kyrie's hurt again now, too. Kyrie, you know, So the, both of those guys aren't exactly thriving in their new situations. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm all things considered. I've said this before. I'm cool with the way this worked out. I'm cool with the way that this ended. Uh, there was a news article about former Nets breaking their silence, like Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, uh, Denver Nug Nets that came here. I think a lot of people knew where this was heading. And the Nets actually like escaped this thing, all things considered, with some talented players and some picks. And back to this Nets team of talented players, this is a team that we considered a team with three ND players, right? Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, the defense is there, but the rebounding's not there. And the threes damn sure weren't there last night. They were 9-33. to 33. They shot 27%. You're not going to win that way. Good first quarter, but then they got out of the way. Donovan M Mitchell had his way, and uh, th the Cavs are a good team, right? They are the fourth-place team in the East. They've had this whole season to gel and to play together and develop their chemistry. They're going to be a tough team in the playoffs. I honestly think they're going to match up with the Knicks. I'm looking forward to seeing that series, um, especially with the yeah, whole Donovan Mitchell. Look at Mitchell the last three teams Knicks we've thing. played, right? Look at the last three teams we've played. Cavs are a good team. Nuggets are near the top of the West. Kings are phenomenal out of the blue. Like, it's it's not... It's not and, like and not for nothing, not throws. to cut you, cut you off, Hudson. Like, even last night's game, they lost. They lost by a couple points. They they lost by six points. They lost by six points to the Nuggets. They lost by five points to the Kings. So these are playoff teams, like the number one seed in the West, number two seed in the West, um, the number four seed in the East. This makeshift team. The Kings are three now in in the West. But like this makeshift team, led by Spencer Dinwiddie at point guard. Like I didn't have that on my bingo card that Spencer Dinwiddie would come back and be the point guard. And Spencer frustrates the hell out of me. But, like, all things considered, like, Spencer is doing the best that he can in this role that he's been given here with the Brooklyn Nets, trying to facilitate. Uh, I know every episode we talk about him crying about the refs. I wish he would tone that down a little bit. But all in all, this is makeshift. They are making lemonade out of lemons. Ben Simmons, who you guys are talking about in the chat, I keep saying forget Ben Simmons. Because since last year, when the Nets were swept, even before that, there's just been this thought of Ben Simmons helping this team. And you didn't see him last year. You got to see him a little bit this year. And what did you see that makes you believe he's going to come back and change anything? They are gelling and developing without this guy. He's not going to come back to run He left guard. his agent. But he left his agent, Keith. Yeah, he sold his house in L.A. He put his house up for sale. He left his agent. He left Clutch Sports. And uh, Rich Paul, who finessed. And we're able to get Sean Marks on the phone with Daryl Morey. And Sean Marks was the only one willing to actually take on Ben Simmons. Whatever. I don't expect him to come back and help this team. Even if we see him in practice with shorts and sneakers on, 
yeah, he gets paid $35 million. He can't just sit at home on the couch when the team is meeting for practice. He has to at least show up. And if it's his back, whatever, I don't have time for that. There's 10 games left in this season. The team is what it is right now. And as Nets fans, we just have to literally hope for the best, which is, I don't know, beating the Nuggets in Denver, beating Minnesota in overtime. Without those games, we would be below uh, right now. We'd be in the plan right now. They are holding serve. They are fighting for that sixth seed. And that's where we got to hope that they are. Maybe they drop to seven, whatever. But like, I'm cool with it. It sucks to lose. Four-game losing streak in any sport. Being a fan of anything. It sucked to watch Team USA lose in the World Baseball Classic last night. But that's part of it. You dust yourself off and you fight the next one and try and get the next win. And that's all we can do as fans is hope that they're able to come together and figure it out. Last thing I'll say, you know, with Cam Thomas, I heard Jacques Vaughn last night say that Cam Thomas lost his minutes to Yuta Watanabe. Shout out to Yuta Watanabe, Japanese big fan of Shohei Otani. I know he had a great night last night after the game. Not so great getting dunked on uh, by Donovan Mitchell and uh, not being able to do much to help the Nets. But like Jacques Vaughn spoke to it. He said he, he like everything we've been saying about Cam. He's young. Um, he's in his second year. He's 21. He's he's inconsistent. Yeah, he's a bucket. But in those historic games where he uh, went off for 40 and three games, did we win all of those games? No, they're trying to figure out ways to win. It's not all about Cam Thomas. Even if you think that he's the next budding star on the team, there are veterans on this team. There's a coach of this team and they're figuring out what's best for this team as they're trying to be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference and get into the playoffs with some kind of identity. The Ben Simmons thing is frustrating just because, you know, when you're looking at the actual mistakes that the organization has made, um, both James Harden trades are the ones that really come back to bite you. Uh, you know, the, the, the initial James Harden trade. And of course, that was all in for a championship, so you get it. But that's still coming home to roost. You know, like the idea of the Nets tanking is not a conceivable thing because of the first James Harden trade. Then the second James Harden trade brings back Ben Simmons, who's eating up whatever percentage of the, the, the cap. And I, I think what, what sometimes frustrates people with Ben Simmons beyond simply him being Ben Simmons and, and what's going on is that the theoretical version of Ben Simmons is perfect for this roster. Right. Like this is a team that needs size. Uh, it's a team that that needs defense at the point of attack uh, and defense in, in, inside. It's a team that needs distribution. Somebody can put their their head down with a head of steam and, and set others up. Those are all things a past version of Ben Simmons used to do. But that person just doesn't seem to exist anymore. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Simmons has already played his last game for, for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but, you know, so it, at, at this point, the only thing you can hope for in the positive thing with Ben Simmons is to be surprised. There, there should be no expectations. There should be nothing beyond that. But when, when you have one guy who is eating up that much of the cap and you look at the James Harden trades in aggregate and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are both on the Cavs and those draft picks are, are still owed to the Rockets or the swaps and the only person who is involved with the, the Nets in, in that trade is Seth Curry, who's not really part of the future either and, and just not very good in general. Those are the ones that, that feel like real L's, not actually the Kyrie and, and KD trades. Yeah, and there are reasonably things to look at with Joe Sy and Sean Marks that are L's, that are bad moves, bad decisions. 
Robin just laid them out perfectly. But it's interesting when you contrast that with the the fake L's, the fake bad moves that everyone seems to talk about. The idea that no, there's so, some accounts on Twitter have insider knowledge about how stars are never going to want to come to the Nets because of what Joe Sy did. Just you see, you'll see how we're right in the future. It, it baffles me. It baffles me because not only, first off, does nobody know whether or not that's true. There's a million and one reason a player will or will not come to any particular team. But at the end of the day, you're focusing on the things that don't matter. There was no future with that old team that we had. And now we have a future. We may not have exactly the future. We may still, you know, have to give those picks up and we might still have those swaps. So we can't do a full tank. But at the end of the day, we sold a shot, a lottery ticket for a championship for even a, a third round appearance for a team that has a future. So when whether you're looking at the Nets as they exist now, or the Nets as they exist in the offseason, or the Nets as they will exist next season, you're looking at a team that can have that forward-thinking optimism only because of the moves that we decided to make. So that's kind of my end cap on, on the whole Josiah Sean Marks thing, because it keeps getting brought up and it's just beyond me. Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. And I, I even see uh, Universal in the chat. JV is a mid coach. Bro, he is he is making a, a he's making dinner every night for Nets fans with scraps and uh, a couple good ingredients. But ultimately, like trying to make a better dinner than like the Denver Nuggets can make with Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray better than the Kings can make with Sabonis and, and Fox. And like, I, I think we just got to be realistic of where we, at, we are at as fans and this organization, man. It's okay. I understand people are having trouble with it, right? But this is like, it just goes back to all of the years as a Nets fan, man. I'll take where we're at right now with these Nets than a lot of those years prior to the KD Kyrie era. And all things considered, after your boy eleven hit the detonate button for us to even be where we are right now. People thought that the nets were going to free fall. They didn't expect the nets to win some of these games and they're going to surprise teams. They're going to compete and win some games. And I do think that they can hold that six seed and win a game in the playoffs, maybe make it a seven game series, make it tough on, let's say the Sixers who I think we're, we're most likely destined to meet. Well, you know, I, I found it interesting what Jacques Vaughn was saying in the post game. You, you had mentioned Watanabe playing for, um, Thomas, but he was talking about finding the right combinations and the right rotations for what they're. So he, he's looking at the rest of the season mm-hmm. and maximizing what he has. And, and also, I think, maximizing what he has in a playoff series. So I, I, found, I found those words kind of encouraging just from his outlook. And again, to go back to the theme of, of what I've been saying on this show, I, we put the schedule up on the um, I think there's 10 games left. Let's just say the Nets don't go seven and three. In those 10 games. I think that's a realistic expectation for what, what the remaining schedule is, if, if I have the number right. Something in that that ilk, in that realm. And then all of a sudden, people will be singing the you know opposite tune. I feel like we, this entire season has been like high, low, high, low, high, Always low. a roller coaster with yeah. the net. <laughs> so let's, you know, I'm trying to learn my lesson on things like that, especially especially now that the expectations have been lowered. So I'm not going to I'm not going to view the lows with the same doom and gloom 
than I viewed the lows before when the expectations, at least the immediate expectations, were higher. Only the theoretical expectations, though, because it's not like we made it past the second round. Right? <laughs> I don't know what people expect, man. I'm watching these games every night that the Nets are on, and I'm just, like, looking for little things, who's playing well, who's taking a step back, what they're doing, and they're trying to figure it out. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it, it sucks to lose four in a row, but, but, like, it isn't like they lost four in a row to end the season and now they're the eighth seed. Like, they still have a chance to fight and hold the sixth seed. If they go five and five and they get a little help around them, they still could be the sixth seed. They beat the Heat this weekend and then the Heat lose some games, whatever. Like, I, like hold the on. The Heat and the Nets well, are the same level team. Yeah, the Heat just lost. The, the Heat on. just lost, got destroyed by the Bulls the other night. You know, they, they barely beat the Jazz. These kind of things. I, I see the comments. Jacques Vaughn should be on the hot seat, says Greg. Jacques Vaughn is not on the hot seat. He just got a contract extension. Stop talking He's about Jacques Vaughn. He's not going anywhere for a long while. Go- while, he, he, while they he, draft players, while they bring in players, they're expecting him to steer the ship. He will be the coach of this team next year, through next year. Get used to it. Uh, my Holy King, Finney Smith, not aggressive at all on offense. That's, the to me, the biggest switch they can make in the in the immediate Future is the amount of minutes. Are you confident in DFS when he has the ball and he goes to shoot a three? No, I'm not. So, so that's what I'm saying. Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal, Edmund Sumner, Yuta Watanabe can, can take some of those minutes. Those are probably the most immediate moves the team can make. Otherwise, you know, you're dealing with what you got. And and you hope that, that Bridges gets hot again. And again, you hope the three-point shooting comes around because that's been the biggest thing that, that's played the team. They are a team that's currently built around three-point shooting and they can't hit a three-point shot. Go ahead, Hudson, and then I'll hit the voicemails. I don't have much else to say other than, you're right, they're getting open three-pointers too, which makes it worse, makes it harder to watch. Joe Harris will hit a couple here and there. Jacques Vaughn's getting an open three-pointers for what it's worth. But it is what it is. If Mikel Bridges isn't hitting his threes, we're in trouble. If Cam Johnson isn't hitting his threes, that's also a sign that we're in trouble. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie shouldn't be taking as much, but he's going to take an open one. It it is what it is, man. I'm all right with where we're at right now. Hey, Keith, Hudson, Lundberg. It's, uh, it's a long week. I'll make this short. Jock Vaughn is a problem. He's just a problem. He wants a defensive team, but he's playing camp. He's playing Curry and Joe Harris together. He's in an eight man rotation. He won't play Cam Thomas. Like, I get that we're going to lose games. But I'd rather lose games because of a lack of talent, not because of self-sabotage. I don't know. This got to change. And I take, by this time next year, he's going to be on the hot seat. Later. I did not know that was going to be the voicemail after we just said what we said about JV. The coach is always the easiest scapegoat. What would you like him to do? Cam Thomas has been brutal. In, in the minutes that he's got. And when we're talking about a defensive a team and you go to, he's not playing Cam Thomas, I don't think we're looking at the same stuff. If somebody just wrote Moses Brown. Why is he there? Who the hell is Moses Brown? No offense. No offense. He was to just him. with the Knicks. Who the hell is he? So we're like, we're acting like Moses Brown is actually changing things. A couple of people team. are like, Moses Brown looks like Keith McPherson. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know who this guy is. He might not be able to help the team. He's a big body. We'll see. I mean, we, we don't even know if you're if you're saying which players on this team are safe and are a part of the core. How many do you count out? Mikel Bridges is one for sure. 
The next is probably Nick Claxton. Then Cam Thomas, I mean, Cam Johnson, I'm sorry, but he's still a restricted free agent. And maybe Spencer's back. Like, but that, you know, this is a, a roster, a team in flux with a bunch of, Jack Vaughn also said it last night, a bunch of pros and guys with pride in the locker room. So that's why I don't expect this to like tailspin and circle around the drain the rest of the season. I expect it to pick their chins up and, and respond when they play some teams that are closer to their level. But I, I just don't understand what Jacques Vaughn is, is supposed to be doing. And and I've hit on the threes and the fact that we're getting open ones. But look over the last four games. We held the Kings to 101 points and the Nuggets to 108. That's Those are good the defenses performances. There. The defense is there. And look, there are Nets fans that are, as they always will, are putting their faith in Moses Brown or last week it was Nerlens Noel. I don't know. It could be Reggie Perry next week. Bring him back. Why not? Like, there's... The, the difference that this team is going to be able to make by signing players is non-existent. There's a reason that they are on the buyout market. They aren't simply... Yeah, let's get players Cousin, get Dwight that, that Howard. Like, they're, not, they're not here to be the starting star power forward, the starting center. They're not here to fix our problems. They're here to maybe get a chance to improve around the edges. We have the team that we have. And Jacques Vaughn is getting them open looks. We're losing games because we're not hitting threes and they're open. It's it's not that complicated. Yeah, here's the last voicemail. It's two minutes long. I don't know if we'll make it through the whole two minutes, especially not if you're you're blaming uh, this four-game losing streak on Jacques Vaughn as he's going up against playoff teams, top seeds. Like, I'm not seeing that. Yo, what's up, Tolkien? How y'all doing, man? I'm okay, I guess, you know. Four-game losing streak. I'm dealing with it. Help me. Help me. Listen, Jock Vaughn needs to put Cam Thomas and uh, Bridges in the game at the same time. Bridges is not this elite defender that he was on the Suns because he has to just play both sides of the ball now. Eight, zero for eight for three-pointers won't cut it. Same as the, the additions. The best addition we got was Mikhail Bridges. Finney been shooting bricks. Uh, even CJ, twins, shooting bricks. His, his offense ain't enough for me. I need to see more. I need to see better. And I think we get better by attacking the rim, putting pressure on the rim. There's no reason why Mikhail Bridges is taking eight three-pointers a game when he didn't even hit one. Like, how do you even get permission? Shooter, shoot. Well, he's a good shooter. I mean, nobody's missing shots on he, he hits 40% of his threes. like Kevin Durant. You got to change that up. And we need to see Cam Thomas and Bridges on the floor at the same time to alleviate. Look, I I was, again, I was a big proponent for playing Cam Thomas extended minutes. Maybe he still can get out there and do it, but he just has not been good when he's gotten his opportunities as of uh, of late. And and rewind real quick. Remember the uh, All-Star break? Uh, Out of the All-Star break, how many games in a row did the Nets lose? I believe it was four. They lost four. They lost four in a row. Yeah, right out of the All Star break. Yeah, and we were like, four. they might be cooked. Yeah, they might. And then we came back and we're like, oh, they like, hold on. They're figuring it out. They're beating good teams. <laughs> so, you know, the, you never know with the net. That could be what we're talking about. And look, this is, this is, at this point, at this point, we've been doing it for 40 minutes. This might almost be beating a dead horse at this point. But, Alex, I'm going to ask you to throw up my Holy Kings comment. Uh, he says, if you lose four games in a row with the same starting lineup, it's Jacques Vaughn's job to change the lineup. The starting lineup 
is are those are only the players that play together for the first like six or so minutes of the game. If you want to look at a minutes breakdown, a minutes rotation, look at things like Yuta Watanabe. He is the one, like Jock Vaughn said, who is getting minutes for Cam Thomas. So if you want to make some sort of grand statement about who should be playing and who and what needs to change, you have to look at the actual stats and figures. And and I don't want to make too broad of a statement, but I feel like I don't know, programs like First Take, where every single game is is the most, you know, nuclear level reaction. Everything needs to be overanalyzed. This is the maker every game is the make or break game of the season. It needs to be dug into for two hours a day at 10 a.m. We've reached the point where we have Nets fans that are simply living a game to game existence. And that just seems tiring to me. It seems tiring to me to be at a 10 when we win and at a zero when we lose. This team is pretty good. They're like a six seed and they'll probably stay like a six seed. They may be a seven seed. They may be a five seed. Who knows? They're pretty good. I think you should just stay at like a seven. Just stay at a seven because at this point, this team has shown that they are pretty much the NBA equivalent of a seven level excitement, whether they're winning or losing because they're only winning and losing these games because some of their open threes are falling and some of them aren't. Six or seven. I think that's the way you stay at a six or seven because that's where the Nets are going to fit. Yeah, right. Most likely. They Reality. will be six or they'll be seven. <laughs> That's reality. Bleacher Report just ranked the Brooklyn Nets as the 13th best team in the NBA. Fair. Probably accurate. 16 Somewhere teams in make there. the playoffs, you know? <laughs> Somewhere in there. Um, and going back to what Robin said, the difference between this four-game losing streak and that four-game losing streak out of the break, the defense was not there. They lost to the Bulls, and the Bulls scored 131 points. They lost to the Hawks. The, Haw- the Hawks scored 129 points. They lost to the Bucks. The Bucks scored 118 points. Bro, they lost to the Knicks, and the Knicks put up 142 points after the break on us. When you look at this, this losing streak right now, it's a matter of the offense not being there. Shots not full, falling. It's a make-or-miss league. They held the Cavs last night to 115, the Nuggets to 108, the Kings to 101. It's not the same type of situation you got to look at numbers you got to look at the box score you got to look at what is happening and what is going on jock vaughn is doing the most that he can but i don't know where 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 are these other players coming from the long island nets you want drew smith and david duke jr to get in the lineup like that's not going to change anything either moses (laughs) brown cam thomas like i i you know the the, and this is the last thing i'm gonna say on it before we like read this positive review and wrap things up Cam Thomas is not the answer. If he was the answer, they would have already found that answer. He's been with the team for two years. Ben Simmons is also not the answer. He's right there. If he was ready to go, they'd be getting him ready to go to play. These guys are not going to come save the day. Be real with yourselves. Two more sentences. Uh, I I see a bunch of people saying the scouting report is out and the Nets are predictable. They're getting open threes. They're just missing them. Uh, And then Rahola88 had said, we are a first-round knockout. Nets were a first-round knockout last year. Uh, but, with you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They, they lost were in the first swept. round. They were swept. And now, instead of that happening and you know, oh, no, the ish is about to hit the fan, the ish already hit the fan. You know, you're in the process of cleaning up the room after the ish hit the, the fan. The ish hit the fan over the summer. Y'all don't remember <laughs> the first day of the NBA free agency? They led with breaking news. Kevin Durant requests a trade out of Brooklyn. Ah, oh, here it goes. We're done. Yeah. From right there, you should have known there was a problem. So then they decided, okay, we're going to pacify Kevin Durant. We'll make some moves. We'll bring in Markeith Morris. Uh, we'll bring in uh, Royce O'Neal and uh, Kyrie. Hopefully Kyrie can keep everything under control 
and Ben Simmons is going to be available all in for this last year. How'd that go? Here we are now at what's coming to the end of this year, and both of those guys are gone. Ben Simmons is, is a non-factor. All things considered, you have a playoff team in Brooklyn. If you check the standings, they are in the playoffs if the season ended today. There are 10 games left. I think they go 500, maybe a little better, like Robin suggested, 7-3, and three, if we get lucky, if the shots fall. And then you're looking at a Nets team, all things considered, that did better than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in their last full season as Brooklyn Nets. They're not going to be in the plan if they're there to succeed. And I think that's a, a, a fair bar to set for them. And I think that's a, a fair, um, you know, expectation for this team led by Mikhail Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Nick Claxton. I like that Claxton's trying to take it uh, the full court, by the way, now. That, that's that been another positive. Young Clax. Clax used to be a point his guard. His game is evolving. Young Clax. Seriously. He's got he's got a few offensive moves in his bag that I've seen this year that I wasn't sure he had. I'm not mad at him. Uh, let's read this voicemail or not voicemail. Let's read this review. Let, let's see. Uh, I probably should have just sent it so that everyone could read it um, in the chat. But five stars. Um, I can't do it quick enough. If I was producing this episode, I I could. Five stars. Best Nets pod. The trio knows their stuff can keep it engaging and understands the importance of their fans and knows how to incorporate them into the show. Love these dudes. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. The show's not over. That's from AC1126. Appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple. If you're on Apple listening to the podcast, you should do the same. And I don't even look at like talking Nets followers and listeners and subscribers as our fans. We're all Nets fans. We all watch these games. We all go through the same thing. We're all going through a four-game losing streak right now, hoping that this team can figure it out, be in the playoffs. Maybe it's the 3-6 Sixers matchup from 2018-2019 that we had. Different cast of characters, but a local feel, because from Brooklyn to Philly is not a far trip. I'd be fine with that series. The Brooklyn Brigade would be fine with that series. They'd be traveling to Wells Fargo Center. And I'd like to see James Harden fail again. I'd like to see Embiid fail again in the playoffs. They probably won't in the first round. They'll probably beat us in the first round. But anything can happen. Injuries happen. We've seen Harden get hurt. We've seen Embiid get hurt. We're almost there, folks. Anything else you guys got before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, don't want them to get hurt. Hopefully they're out there and we beat them at full strength. That's, you know. Someone always gets hurt. <laughs> I'm, I'm never wishing injury on anybody. I never celebrate an, an injury, right? It's terrible when guys get hurt. If it's Edwin Diaz, if it's uh, Kyrie Irving with Giannis coming under him. But in the NBA playoffs, that's the one consistent thing, right? Kawhi will get hurt. But uh, when Kawhi got hurt back when he was with the Spurs, it led to someone else emerging. Then the year that Kawhi won, uh, Clay got hurt, KD got hurt. Well, I like, did get hurt in the playoffs last year, and, and he always seems to be. I, that's what uh, I'm saying. MB he got always hurt seems in the playoffs. To be out of shape at the playoffs. Harden got hurt in the playoffs with us. By the time we get to the end of the season, after an 82 game season, somebody always tweaks a hamstring, an Achilles pops, a knee, something where these guys aren't available, and that changes the course of the playoffs. Kevin Love will be out. Kyrie will be like we've seen this. Uh, every single season, that's one consistent thing. Uh, Trey Young will step on the ref's foot like this. Ha- you, if you guys go back to every single NBA playoff run, a 
contender is affected by an injury. And Nets fans know that best. We lost two out of our big three. We had Harden out there on one leg in the one year that we probably should have been able to win the NBA Finals. Okay, folks, that's all we got. Appreciate y'all pulling up. If you're in the YouTube chat, thank you. Hit like on your way out. And uh, we'll be back with another episode after this weekend. We've got this next game against the Cavs, this little home-and-home series. Hopefully they can steal one. And then they go to Miami and face the Heat and the Magic. And we just want to see wins. We just want to see shots fall. We want to see this team continue to build on the identity that they have and who they are. Ben Simmons is not coming to save this team. Cam Thomas can't save this team. He'll probably get a chance to play coming up against the, like, Rockets and the Pistons. And, you know, let's see what he does with it. But, like, I don't know if you guys watched. I saw a stat about his last, like, couple games. Bro was not good. Like, I don't understand what it is. Like, I don't know. It's, it's this highlight culture, man. People watch all these highlight reels and uh, highlight films, and, and they, like, don't watch the actual basketball game. Like, watch the game in front of you, and it'll tell you, like, you know, when Cam's got the ball, it's not like he's that much of a game changer for us. And I don't, I'm not knocking him. Um, I would like to see him be a net, but I think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to get him out of here because ain't shit funny. And I know he's not having a blast sitting on the sidelines, but there are bigger fish to fry. All right, folks. Appreciate y'all. Enjoy your Wednesday. And uh, like, subscribe the pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And we'll see you again soon. Let's go, Nets. Let's go, Nets. Brooklyn.